Thanks to Dave McMiniman for joining us there. Ramona Shelburne will join us in 20 minutes. We will talk Kobe and current Lakers with her, so stick around for that. She's got a great story about Kobe and Powell's relationship, so we will talk to her about that and a number of things in 20 minutes. But first, it is What You Need to Know, presented by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. Greg, what do you got? So Shams Charania tweeted out this afternoon that the Pelicans are – one of the most key teams that are in the NBA trade market, and they're receiving calls on Lonzo Ball and J.J. Redick. Mm-hmm. So I'll start with you, LZ. Do either of those two pique your interest for the Lakers? The Los Angeles Lakers? The Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> um, There's always room to improve, LZ. <laughs> um, I would not mind Zoe coming back. I like his perimeter defense. I like his size. I like his rebounding. I like his court vision and unselfishness. And I like the fact that if he were to come back, it will be with no pressure as opposed to the first time he got here as a draft pick with all the pressure. Yeah, I, I would second that. Um, look, I don't. I think you could always have more shooting, right? And But, you know, I've watched J.J. up close a couple times this year, LZ, and maybe because it's just a weird start to the season or whatever, he just doesn't look like himself. It could be age finally setting in for J.J. Yep. too, right? Like he's 36 years old. Um, so I, I, because of that, and I don't know if it's age or not, uh, I would go with Lonzo as well because you also control his contract for two more seasons before he hits restricted free agency at a very manageable number at $11 million. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's down to those two, I would say, I would say yes. I do think that there will be plenty of suitors for both, though. I Absolutely. think that's fair to say, right? Absolutely. And if J.J. were a Laker, I'd be thrilled. Because oh, my to, God. Because to Donald's point, I love the shooting. Yeah. And, and by the way, selfishly, I would want him as a weekly guest on the show. Absolutely. He's brilliant. Yeah. He's a media personality. Yeah, for sure. All right, what's next, Greg? All right, so the next story comes from a fired football coach who used to be at Oregon State. His name is Gary Anderson, Mm -hmm. and he was fired from Utah State. Now, he was fired from Utah State, but he had about $3 million left on his contract, and he told Utah State that he does not want the money. He basically said, you don't have to pay me anymore. He signed an affidavit to do that whole thing. He also did the same thing at Oregon State when he had about $12 million. Is there any point at any time in your life that you would have said, no, don't give me $15 million? Absolutely not. No. I don't no. Even understand. I mean, you signed a contract for a reason. I can understand if you're like – Maybe if I'm like a guy who's been coaching for 40 years or something, right? And, you know, I don't need the money because I've made a ton over my career. I've made tens of millions of dollars. And it's like your alma mater, and that will help them hire the next guy. Hold on. I got to finish the equation. Maybe I would consider it then. But just random schools that hired me? Hell no. That's a contract. That is keeping it real gone wrong. You, you you go ahead with your principles or whatever you think you're, 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 you're doing, but no, that's just silly. And if I was an agent, I'd probably fire him as a client. Right, right. That's the thing. Yeah, if I was agent, I'd be like, you're doing what? There's just zero chance that I would ever say no to any type of money, period, let alone $15 million between two teams. It's, yeah. in, it's insanity. The only coach in college I've ever I've seen do that recently uh, was Mark Richt, and it was that that's why this it was that exact situation. He basically um, gave up his last year of his deal. He retired, okay, 
and allowed them to keep the money so they could buy out Manny Diaz out of his contract, and then he became the head coach. But again, that was his alma mater. Like that's di- and it was one year. <laughs> like that. That was it, basically. Like, but that is an outlier situation for sure. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, to LZ's point. Yeah, I don't understand. Uh, yeah, I don't understand either. So uh, the last story is going to come out of London. Uh, from London to Paris, there is something called the Channel. Do you know the Channel? Yes, I've I've been, I've done Channel. You've uh, done Channel. I have not. Channel. What is the Channel? The Channel is a channel tunnel, and it goes underwater. It's a train oh. from London to Paris yeah. underwater. Yeah. And this this woman made, wrote a whole story about it, how she would rather do this Channel opposed to going on an airplane. And that's what just got me. You've done it, LZ. Is it yes. worth doing it over other transportation? Well, trains are always better option if you can do it. Always the better option, especially if the cities are relatively close, like London and Paris, right? Because if you factor in the two hours before the flight and the two hours after the flight and traffic right. and everything getting to from airports, you're basically doing the same damn thing. Right. That's the reason why the Northeast Corridor for Amtrak is so successful because Boston, New York, D.C., why get on a plane? Right. Yeah, you can drive or you can take the train. I've taken the Amtrak a bunch of times when I lived in that general region, for sure. Um, although the underwater part is interesting. That sounds very Elon Musk-ish. <laughs> kind of freaks me out a little bit. I don't know. Why are underwater. you afraid of the underwater part? Like, you think I, it's just going to crack? And- yeah, yeah, something happens underwater. Just, uh, no, no, freaks me out just a little bit. Yeah, Although, being would, in a nothing plane. Nothing would ever happen above water. That's for sure. Right, because right, <laughs> on a plane, <laughs> nothing can happen. Right, right I yeah. mean, I guess if you're going to be afraid of one, you're going to be afraid of both. So, uh, yeah. You I seem very risk-averse, Greg. Uh, yeah, that's uh, not true either, by the way. I mean, I understand why you think that, but, you know, like, I have gone you say skydiving. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Elsie. in my voice. Right? Okay, this isn't, like, something I've just made up here. Like, there's... I don't know why you would think that. It's only because I've given you a hundred examples since you started working. Hundred examples. Look, I, I, I'm afraid of like the robot takeover, but I think that's just a normal thing. I think you should just stop it. I'm afraid. <laughs> Get out of here. That's the end of what you need to know. All right, that's what you need right, to know. That'll bro. do it for what you need to know. There it is. Not that bad. That no, nah, it was definitely way worse in my head. Um, <laughs> brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. So before we get into how you and I hounded uh, Les Need earlier in the show, LZ, because we've got no, some audio no. from that. Uh, and by the way, conversation. it was a conversation. A spirited conversation is exactly the way I would describe it. Um, or hounded, perhaps. Depends on the perspective. Uh, but we were just talking about with McMiniman, LeBron's MVP chase. And I, I man... I, I get what the the counterpoint you brought up. Not that that's your position, but it's just the natural counter, right? Like the and Dave brought it up too, right? The analytics community will mm-hmm. bring up something, and you know, Giannis. Uh, that was the big argument: is the minutes he played and the numbers he put up and all right. that. But to me, and I know Dave mentioned this, right? It, it's it's open for interpretation, but value to me is not that like. It shouldn't be open for interpretation. Value to me means is the dude getting your wins when you need it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. at the end of the day, if you had, if if you could pick from all the players in the league to win a game that you must win, right? Who are you grabbing? Um, now, granted, the body of work does matter too, but if it's close, to me, that's the determining factor, right? And I felt like Giannis and LeBron's body of work was close enough where you just you boil it down to that. Like, that is my tipping point, uh, pun intended. And 
I'm hoping LeBron doesn't even have to even get to that point this year because it's been a damn shame that we've just overlooked him, it feels like, for the last seven years. It is ridiculous, and you know I, you know what it is, right? It truly is just exhaustion, and people looking for other options and want to make sure that other young guys get their shine because once upon a time, LeBron James had to wait in the wings until his shine. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it is part of the the, the cycle, if you will, in terms of sports. But when you have a player like LeBron, you really shouldn't discredit the, the industry by pretending as if someone else is an MVP in this conversation. Right. <laughs> like, not when is that abundantly clear. LeBron James took a team that was literally thrown together through the offseason, got it to, to, to gel together, have a successful regular season, finished the regular season before the pandemic hit with the second best record in the league. And, you know, I'm not into the whole, oh my God, he's doing this at 35. No, I don't really care. He's doing it. doesn't matter what age it is. Yeah. He's doing it. And it's incredible. And Giannis is a great player and he had all the big numbers and things of that nature. But Giannis could not and still cannot take in a team that gets thrown together in, a, in an offseason and make it into a champion. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have that skill set. No, he can do a lot of great things. He does, yes, but he doesn't have that skill set. Correct. And it's hard to quantify it outside of wins and losses. Correct. I get it. That's why you need eyeballs. Man, I'm with you. Like sometimes eyeballs. Like I, I get that the eye test, and sometimes your eyes lie to you. I get all that. Right. But ain't nobody's eyes lying to them about LeBron right now. Okay. No. Yeah. Like, we need to stop this, okay? And this needs to be a reckoning for what happened last year, which I thought was egregious. I mean, there are so many players. Like, like Alex Caruso, his numbers don't jump out at you. Right. But ask any Laker fan that watches the game, who do you want in a game in the fourth quarter of a closed game? Caruso's one of those guys. He's one of those guys. Yes. So I, I, I hope, you know, whether it's, you know, now or very soon that the, that the voters who thought Giannis was MVP last year, I hope – they get together, have themselves a come to Jesus meeting, and go, hey, guys, maybe there's some other things we should consider. Right, right. <laughs> Speaking of things to consider, uh, yes. we had Les Need on, the Rams general manager. Uh, there was we been did. a lot of questions about Jared Goff's future and perhaps bringing in Aaron Rodgers, and we had him on the show earlier, and we asked him about that stuff. And we're going to hear from him in just a second, but first I wanted to make sure that you guys know that Mission 18, the Lakers are on Mission 18, right, to try to win their 18 championship. We got a Mission 18 cash giveaway that starts on Tuesday, okay? That starts on Tuesday, so a week from now, giving away cash for 18 straight days. Here's how you can win. Text the word MISSION to 40705. That's MISSION to 40705 to be entered for your chance to win again starting next Tuesday, February 2nd. Make sure you're home or in your car or somewhere on the app, wherever, listening at 4.30, and uh, we'll take the people's names, right, when you text Mission. Uh, we will. You also should text Greg, they should text their name and city too, right? No, it all comes up. It all they get oh. they get all that. Just text mission. All you gotta do is just text mission. Okay. I'm just asking. I want to make sure. Sure. Um, so and then starting February second, listen for your name. So start texting mission to four zero seven zero five at four thirty every afternoon. Listen for your name and your city. Once you hear your name, you'll have twenty minutes to call us back and you can win hundred and eighty dollars in cash, cold hard cash. You can also qualify to win the grand prize of eighteen hundred dollars. But here's the catch. If we don't have a listener call us back within those 20 minutes, that cash rolls over and increases 
buy another $180 each day until we get a winner. So the next day will be $360. You understand? So make sure you text MISSION to 40705 to enter, and we're going to start giving away cash on Tuesday, February 2nd. All right. Woo! That was a lot of reading there. So mm-hmm. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. We talked a lot about Aaron Rodgers recently. We've talked a lot about the Rams quarterback play recently. We had their general manager on, and we started the conversation um, by asking him, uh, if he is planning to improve the team and how this goes about, okay? Wait, 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 wait. wait. So, Curtis, I'm just going to ask you straight up because this is not what I expected sure. it to be. <laughs> so, I wanted you to play the cut of the end of where uh, the first question and, you know, Les is kind of wrap it up talking about, you know, Jared needs, you know, can grow, but the offensive line and the wide receiving core and this, that, and the other. And then LZ says that's cute. And then I asked him if he ever played quarterback. Do we have that audio? I believe this is what we have right here. Yes, the first clip. This is the first clip. So I asked him about improving the team and how do you do that? And he goes into this long uh, conversation about uh, all different facets that don't necessarily all include Jared Goff. And then LZ and I put the brakes on for him. So here's that. I guess my question is, I know a lot of questions about the quarterback position, but what needs to be done to improve that position? Well, I think that, I think the in, in in one thing I reiterated then, and I know the uh, the QB is always uh, uh, I guess I would say more entertaining uh, to talk about, but I think at the uh, end of the day, it's it's when and this all somewhat started right post divisional loss to Green Bay and Sean mentioned hey he wanted the you know offense to improve he wasn't satisfied with maybe the point score per game of the offense things like that so right QB is pretty simple uh you know in in particular this year right turn the ball over less uh don't have to be as brilliant in terms of down in and down out, turn it over less. But that's not just going to improve the offense, right? It, 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 you can get down to the, the five eligibles, right? Can those five eligibles maybe beat man to man coverage more consistently? Can uh, you eliminate some, some drops in some crucial situations? Can the OL give up less edges in third and longs, things like that? So, right, yes, uh, as Sean said, not satisfied. We want to get better. No, we can be better. No, that getting better will help us maybe advance to one of those last two games uh, instead of the divisional round. And that that includes the QB, and that that includes the GM and and helping the QB and helping Sean and uh, the offensive staff. That includes, uh, you know, all of us and everyone playing. That was real cute, Les. I really appreciated that. That was real adorable. Well, the, I always say the uh, <laughs> well, that's the, right t- when you're actually, wait, wait, bro. You're actually wait, 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 fundamental. Wait, 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 less, less. I, I, I do. I, to LZ's point, you did you play quarterback at any point in your life, Les? No, I was certainly not good enough to play quarterback. Oh, 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 but you talk like one for sure, because quarterbacks <laughs> are the masters of saying a lot and saying a lot of nothing. And you gave us a lot of nothing there, Les. Um, I mean, we just had to call him, right, on it. Like, th- there was a lot of meandering there. You know, it, what, he, what he said made a lot of sense. I don't want to totally discount having one of those beasts that's always going to be a threat to beat man coverage is great. Get yourself a Debo. Uh, I get it. Sure. But he also know good and damn well what we were talking about. Oh, of course question. he did. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he was just, I didn't, you know, he, I, I guess he wanted to see if he could, you know, avoid, you know, going deeper into that because he had already had his press conference in which he raised a lot of eyebrows. But you don't come on this show not to be asked difficult questions. Correct. You know, I, that comes with the cat that comes with the invitation. It's like you come on and we're gonna have an honest conversation. Right. And that's what our goal is here is to make sure we have an honest conversation. Do we have time for one more? I know there are uh three clips here. Um you know what? Let's just hold it because we got Ramona coming up and we want to talk to Ramona about her pal and Kobe story that she wrote for ESPN.com. So let's hold that for 6.30 a little bit, and we can run that back because we also have some cool stuff uh, about Kobe's career we want to run at 6.30 as well, so make sure you tune in uh, for that. So we'll do a little bit of less need and then also uh, some of the stuff that we wanted to do to highlight just kind of some of the great moments of Kobe's life. Um, But we will talk to Ramona Shelburne first. She's going to join us here in about two and a half minutes. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more More than than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Ramona Shelburne going to join us here in just a minute, so make sure you stick around for that. Want to talk to her about her story about Kobe Bryant and Pau Gasol. Uh, Of course, obviously, as we celebrate Kobe's life today. And talk to her about this current Lakers squad as well. So we'll talk to her in a minute. Curtis, let me know when she's there. Uh, in the interim, mm-hmm. uh, we, we were talking about our conversation with Les Snead, LZ. So, Curtis, what is the genesis of this trolling conversation? Is this where we were exp- – where LZ asked him if he was trolling Les Snead because of using similar verbiage to when what Aaron Rodgers was using? Is that what we have here? Yeah, it was that very – right when LZ asked him, are you trolling this man? And then I kind of caught his response. Okay, great. So, LZ, let's paint the picture here. So, Les Snead is on with us. He had spoken to the media earlier today, and in that conversation with the media, he used a quote that Aaron Rodgers used twice during said conversation with the group uh, of media that covers the Rams. And you astutely pointed out, like, come on, man. You do that. We, you know we're going to catch on to that. Right, of course. And it was purposely done. And, you know, I just wanted to know why did he choose to do it. Right, you know, Les, I'm I'm a huge Les Snead fan. I didn't want to make sure too. I say that. So I so you know I I know he's a really smart guy, and there's no way he accidentally said something that Aaron Rodgers said, especially considering when Aaron said it, the the rumbles that happened in sports media. So clearly he knew what he was doing. I just wanted to know why he was doing it. Right. So we asked him, and here's what he said. So with all that being said, you knew exactly how we would respond. When you quote Aaron Rodgers multiple times in your presser, were you trolling us, entertaining yourself, or were you saying, what's up, Aaron? What you doing? 
uh, uh, to, so it, the answer would be technically I might have been trolling my uh, my teenagers. Uh, 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 enlighten me on trolling. I can't. I, here's what I am, uh, and you said cerebral. Well aware, probably what questions were coming, uh, and interestingly, like uh, with Aaron Rodgers and and the quote he had about the future being. Uh, a beautiful mystery, right? I did know there was going to be a lot of questions about the future. And in those questions, like last year, like next year, like the year before, we're going to ask about individuals. This year in particular, uh, Jared, some, but in other years, it could have been Todd Gurley. Uh, it could be all of our unrestricted. Every one of those human beings have meant a lot to this organization. They've given up a lot. They've mighty a lot of plays for them. So technically, Whatever we're going to do, and we don't necessarily know the blueprint right now. It's a way too early mock blueprint of the Rams off season. But I did take that line and said, okay, I'll jokingly kind of use it. But uh, it wasn't meant to troll. If troll is a, a negative thing, it was maybe just in gesture and fun. But I did think about it, LZ, and said, you know, that might be fun to do. So that was Les Snead on with us earlier as we uh, we kind of grilled them. Momo's on with us now, and we want to talk a lot uh, to Momo about her story with uh, about Kobe and Powell's relationship and Kobe's legacy and talk about the Lakers. But, Momo, you've been around a lot of GMs in your life. Yeah. And, and I'm sure you've seen all the stuff from Les Snead, and you kind of heard him uh, and his response there about the quoting of Aaron Rodgers today during his press conference, like quoting as in using a same, the same line he used. Um, how did you kind of – uh, feel, uh, you know, reading and hearing yeah. all this stuff. You know, he knew exactly. He, he basically said it without saying it, right? Like, he wasn't going to tamper with Aaron Rodgers on right. the show, right. but he definitely admitted that it was premeditated. <laughs> right? Like, that was a right. definitely premeditated, yeah, thought about it. And then he gave kind of some you know, I don't know about his teenagers or what he was trolling. But I don't even know what he was saying there. Without, right, that his like, kid, he didn't know what the word trolling meant. Um, right. And that his kids <laughs> had informed him what it meant. Yeah. Uh, look, this reminds me a little of what the Raiders did to Derek Carr last year. Like, they, they sort of openly flirted with a bunch of other quarterbacks. They kind of, you know, when you openly talk about moving on from a guy, there's a reason behind it. You're either trying to light a fire under him um, you're trying to say he's available, but I don't think you need to say he's available. If he's available, you just call it their GM. So I actually lean towards more you're trying to light a fire under him because it's going to be hard for them to move him. I mean, that really is a salary cap mess to 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 get to to wave him, to move him, whatever it is. Like it's just I just think you know a lot of times the former number one overall pick had had some early success in his career, pressing a lot this year, didn't have a good season by you know his his stakes or anybody else's stakes and i think he was just lighting a fire in him because i don't know if they can move him i mean it's complicated for, to that, for them to get out from under that contract i i felt the fire was tried to be lit a few times this season yeah sean McVay did. yeah and at this point you know the the wood's wet right and and you could keep trying to light a fire but it's not going to catch yeah, and I think that's what they, I think that's what the organization is right now. Like, like lit, they literally started a guy in a playoff game who had just completed his first regular season appearance the week before. Right. Like, you you don't. How much more fire do you need? Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, look, so that's why you're like, what's the motivation? Like, if anything, you're kind of you're kind of undercutting the trade value, right? You like, you should be pumping the guy up if you want to yeah, trade him. Yeah, you ain't him. fooling nobody, though, girl. You know, ain't that's eh, true. <laughs> true. Nobody, yeah. You're right. You're right. In a press conference. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you don't want to send false false signals either, right? right? So, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I mean, was he just being, like, way too candid? I don't, I don't think it was a mistake. I don't think he did it and, like, oops, my Correct. bad. Did I go that yeah. far? Like, yeah. I was totally premeditated. I thought you guys, like, got him to admit that. He was like, yeah, yeah I thought about it in advance. Yeah, I knew what I was doing. Yeah. That's well, all I actually, need to hear. Curtis, do you have the first one? Because we uh, the, the yeah. exchange. Do you, Curtis, do you have the one that – did you shorten up the one that we played – Okay, but okay, can you can you play it from like the position where Les is finishing up his comments? Or no? Okay, just let me know as well. So Momo, he I asked him the very basic question, yeah. right? Like to start about like, hey, how do you uh you know, how do you improve the team, right? Like how does yeah. a team like this plan on improving? Uh considering all the conversations around the quarterback position specifically. And so, you know, he goes on to talk about the offensive line and, you know, and, yeah. and, the, and the receiving core and being, you know, cut being hurt and maybe adding a playmaker there, et cetera. Not, you know, saying Jared is young, et cetera. And LZ and I were not ready to hear that. Um, yeah. it, it, it did not work out that way. Um, so we, we <laughs> now listen, LZ, <laughs> LZ has a really good relationship with Les and, and I have a very yeah. cordial one. So I feel like it came from a place of love, right? Like it wasn't like we okay. were doing this to someone that we didn't know. Um, but we asked him, we just basically put him on pause real quick. Like, no, no, no. We, th- that's cool that you said that. But LZ nailed it. Curtis, do you have, do you have the sound? Yes. All right, cue it up and go. Yes. Uh, as Sean said, not satisfied. We want to get better. No, we can be better. Know that getting better will help us rate, maybe advance to one of those last two games uh, instead of the division around it. And that, that includes the QB, and that, that includes the GM and, and helping the QB and helping Sean and uh, the offensive staff. That includes, uh, you know, all of us and everyone playing. That was real cute, Les. I really appreciated that. That was real adorable. Well, the, I always say the uh, <laughs> well, let's LZ right. Talk, talk you're actually, us, though, wait, bro. You're wait, 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 wait. Fundamental. Wait, 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 Les, Les, I, I, I do, I, to LZ's point, you, did you play quarterback at any point in your life, Les? No, I was certainly not good enough to play quarterback. Oh, 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 but I you guess. talk like one for sure, because quarterbacks are the <laughs> masters of saying a lot and saying a lot of nothing. And you gave us a lot of nothing there, Les. How do you feel about that one, Momo? <laughs> you guys were, did he get mad? I hope you guys No, know he him. did not at all, he actually. He did not get mad at that, okay? Not you were at, just like... Because you just kind of called BS on him. Like, you were kind of like, yo, you're not giving me an answer. <laughs> because, here's the deal. And yeah. What he is saying isn't inaccurate. Yeah. We do need one of those beast number one receivers that you yep. have to game plan for. Mm-hmm. We for sure. do need to think about the offensive line because our best, you know, left tackle is, you know, my age. Yeah. Like, those are legitimate things he pointed out. But he also knew good and damn well we were talking about the quarterback. Right. <laughs> so yeah. That that was the reason why I just said, "Come on, dog. Come on, let's." Let not me let me say let me let me let me uh let me analyze this whole situation very simply. Okay. He said what he said. Okay. Right. He said <laughs> what he said. He didn't take it back. He didn't try right. to explain too much. He said what he said. <laughs> yeah. He <laughs> That's did. That's it. Uh, right. Momo. 
Uh, yep. Today, obviously, we are celebrating Kobe's life, obviously, after, uh, you know, what transpired. You wrote a really cool piece about his relationship with Pow. Um, and we don't have a ton more time here, so I wanted to make sure that we have you on to discuss what you came on to talk about. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, what, what was something that surprised you about that relationship in retrospect when you were kind of putting this thing together? Well, it's, I mean, the truth is, like, I didn't know they were that close. I was right up next to him. You know, I covered him real closely those years. And I knew that Kobe was really hard on Pal. I mean, he questioned his manhood. He called him out publicly all the time. He called him, he called him the white swan, remember? Yeah. <laughs> like, and, you know, Matt Barnes has told, you know, he said he did even more than that, right? Um, to the point where Matt had to go put his arm around him sometimes just so he, you know, fits, like, and Derek Fisher would, right? Just do the same thing. So Pal wouldn't go into a shell after Kobe would call him out like that. So, like, there was a part of me that was like, I, you know, I was right up next to this. I did not realize they were so close. Like, but I think their relationship grew during the years they were together, but I really think it grew after Powell left. And he said every time they were in town or they were in the same city on the road, they would meet up for dinner. He's after Kobe retired, like he would go to Gigi's basketball games. Like he would, you know, he just, they really got to be close with Kobe off the court. And I think it grew out of shared experience, shared, um, you know, just going through the battles together, but also appreciating each other as humans. Because if you know both of them, like, Pow is such a gentleman. He's such a kind, warm-hearted person. Then Kobe actually is the same way, but he has the Black Mamba alter ego. And what I thought was really cool was Pow was like, you know, I'd like to think that I had some influence on him showing that softer side. Like, he, he, would, he would flat out say to Kobe, like, hey, it's okay, man. You could show a little humanity. You could be a little, you, could, you don't have to have that edge all the time. He's like, you know, I think in his later his later career, Kobe really started to drop the veil a little bit. And that's why so many of us in the media, so many of his his teammates, his peers, especially towards the last few years in his career, he was really generous with his time and insights with them. Yeah, it's it is fascinating that as much time Kobe has spent talking to being part of media to mm -hmm this story find out how many clothes we had we didn't know why we yeah um, i mean it, it's been really been a revelation i think starting with jordan yeah like that's what i was gonna say like i mean i remember when mike got up there i was like whoa mike like i didn't and mike was crying you know and, uh, like we didn't and like, i thought it's gonna be general I yeah, me too. General sort of. Yeah, tribute. like Jack's Jack's tribute was kind of general. You know, I thought right. I thought Kobe like we all had this impression that, you know, when Kobe tore his Achilles, I remember Dwight Howard and some some guy on the team. I can't remember who he went with, but it was like a, you know, a role player, bench player. Right. They drove down there and like hung out with Kobe at, right after the surgery. And I was like, I don't know if any I don't know if I know of any other Laker or teammate who's ever been to Kobe's house because like Derek Fisher never went and they were like really close. I mean, we, we thought they were close, right? Like I, and he, I mean, Kobe, what do you say that in interviews? I don't have time for friends. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm just, I'm not a good friend. I'm like, you know what? I, I don't necessarily like maybe in his early days, maybe when he had that, like, you know, seek and destroy Terminator quality to him. Right. But in his, the last five, six years of his career, he really let people see him. And it's for as much as he let us see, he even had other relationships behind the scenes that we didn't see. And that's that's been unbelievable to, to, to find out now. 
Momo, can you stick around in for three sure. more minutes to yeah, just so we course. can get through this break? All right, let, yeah. let's have more with Momo on the other side. Uh, plus, we're going to play some really cool uh, Kobe moments. Um, we'll have the audio for them. A lot of John Ireland calls, obviously, as well here before we end the show. So stick around for that. But Momo's back in three minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Ramona Shelburne going to join us here in just a minute, so make sure you stick around for that. Want to talk to her about her story about Kobe Bryant and Pau Gasol. Uh, Of course, obviously, as we celebrate Kobe's life today. And talk to her about this current Lakers squad as well. So we'll talk to her in a minute. Curtis, let me know when she's there. Uh, In the interim, Mm -hmm. uh, we, we were talking about our conversation with Les Snead, LZ. So... Curtis, what is the genesis of this trolling conversation? Is this where we were, exp- where Elsie asked him if he was trolling Les Need because of using similar verbiage to when what Aaron Rodgers was using? Is that what we have here? Yeah, it was that very right when Elsie asked him, "Are you trolling this man?" And then I kind of caught his response. Okay, great. So Elsie, let's paint the picture here. So Les Need is on with us. He had spoken to the media earlier today, and in that conversation with the media, he used a quote that Aaron Rodgers used twice during said conversation with the group uh, of media that covers the Rams. And you astutely pointed out, like, come on, man. You do that. We, you know we're going to catch on to that. Right, of course. And it, it was purposely done. And, you know, I just wanted to know why did he choose to do it. Right. You know, Les, I'm I'm a huge Les Need fan. I want to make me sure too. I say that. So I so you know I I know he's a really smart guy, and there's no way he accidentally said something that Aaron Rodgers said, especially considering when Aaron said it, the the rumbles that happen in sports media. So clearly he knew what he was doing. I just wanted to know why he was doing it. Right. So we asked him, and here's what he said. So with all that being said, you knew exactly how we would respond. When you quote Aaron Rodgers multiple times in your presser, were you trolling us, entertaining yourself, or were you saying, what's up, Aaron? What you doing? Uh, uh, So the answer would be, technically, I might have been trolling my my teenagers. uh, uh, enlighten me on trolling. I can't, I, here's what I am. uh, And you said, cerebral, well aware, probably what questions were coming. uh, And, Interestingly, like uh, with Aaron Rodgers and, and the quote he had about the future being a, a beautiful mystery, right? I did know there was going to be a lot of questions about the future. And in those questions, like last year, like next year, like the year before, we're going to ask about individuals. This year in particular, uh, Jared, some, but in other years, it could have been Todd Gurley. Uh, it could be all of our unrestricted. Every one of those human beings have meant a lot to this organization. They've given up a lot. They've mighty a lot of plays for them. So technically, whatever we're going to do, and we don't necessarily know the blueprint right now. It's a way too early mock blueprint of the Rams offseason. But I did take that line and said, okay, I'll jokingly 
kind of use it, but uh, it wasn't meant to troll. If troll is a, a negative thing, it was maybe just in gesture and fun. But I did think about it, LZ, and said, you know, that might be fun to do. So that was Les Snead on with us earlier as we uh, we kind of grilled them. Momo's on with us now, and we want to talk a lot uh, to Momo about her story with uh, about Kobe and Powell's relationship and Kobe's legacy and talk about the Lakers. But, Momo, you've been around a lot of GMs in your life. Yeah. And, and I'm sure you've seen all the stuff from Les Snead, and you kind of heard him uh, and his response there about the quoting of Aaron Rodgers today during his press conference, like quoting as in using a same, the same line he used. Um, how did you kind of – uh, feel, uh, you know, reading and hearing yeah. all this stuff. You know, he know exactly. He he basically said it without saying it, right? Like he wasn't going to tamper with Aaron Rodgers on right. the show, right? But he definitely admitted that it was premeditated, <laughs> right? Like that was a right. definitely premeditated. Yeah, thought about it, and then he gave kind of some. You know, I don't know about his teenagers or what he was trolling. But I don't even know what he was saying there. Without, right, that his like, kid, he didn't know what the word trolling meant. Um, right. And that his kids <laughs> had informed him what it meant. Yeah. Uh, look, this reminds me a little of what the Raiders did to Derek Carr last year. Like, they, they sort of openly flirted with a bunch of other quarterbacks. They kind of, you know, when you openly talk about moving on from a guy, there's a reason behind it. You're either trying to light a fire under him. Um, you're trying to say he's available, but I don't think you need to say he's available. If he's available, you just call it their GM. So I actually lean towards more you're trying to light a fire under him because it's going to be hard for them to move him. I mean, that really is a salary cap mess to 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 get to, to wave him, to move him, whatever it is. Like, it's just, I just think, you know, a lot of times the former number one overall pick had had some early success in his career, pressing a lot this year, didn't have a good, season by you know his his stakes or anybody else's stakes and i think he was just lighting a fire in them because i don't know if they can move him i mean it's complicated for, to that, for them to get out from under that contract i i felt the fire was tried to be lit a few times this season yeah sean McVay did. yeah and at this point you know the the wood's wet right and and you could keep trying to light a fire but it's not going to catch yeah, and I think that's what they, I think that's what the organization is right now. Like, like lit, they literally started a guy in a playoff game who had just completed his first regular season appearance the week before. Right. Like, you you don't how much more fire do you need? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look. So that's why you're like, what's the motivation? Like, if anything, you're kind of. You're kind of undercutting the trade value, right? You like you should be pumping the guy up if you want to yeah, trade him. Yeah, you ain't him. fooling nobody, though, girl. You know, ain't that's eh, true. <laughs> true. Nobody, yeah. You're right. You're right. In a press conference. <laughs> yeah, and, and you don't want to send false false signals either, right? Right. So I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I mean, was he just being like way too candid? I don't, I don't think it was a mistake. I don't think he did it. And like, oops, my Correct. bad. Did I go that yeah. far? Right. Like, I was yeah. totally premeditated. I thought you guys like got him to admit that. He was like, yeah. yeah, I thought about it in advance. Yeah, I knew what I was doing. Yeah. That's well, all I actually, need to hear. Curtis, do you have the first one? Because we uh, the, the yeah. exchange. Do you, Curtis, do you have the one that – did you shorten up the one that we played? Okay, but – okay, can you can you play it from, like, the position where Les is finishing up his comments? Or no? Okay, just let me know. His, so, Momo, he, I asked him a very basic question, yeah. right? Like, to start about, like, hey, how do you, uh, you know, how do you improve the team, right? Like, how does yeah. a team like this 
plan on improving, uh, considering all the conversations around the quarterback position specifically. And so, you know, he goes on to talk about the offensive line and, you know, and, yeah. and, the, and the receiving core and being, you know, cut being hurt and maybe adding a playmaker there, et cetera. Not, you know, saying Jared is young, et cetera. And LZ and I were not ready to hear that. Um, yeah. it, it, it did not work out that way. Um, so we, we <laughs> now listen, LZ, <laughs> has a really good relationship with Les and, and I have a very yeah. cordial one. So I feel like it came from a place of love, right? Like it wasn't like we okay. were doing this to someone that we didn't know. Um, but we asked him, we just basically put him on pause real quick. Like, no, no, no. We, th- that's cool that you said that, but LZ nailed it. Curtis, do you have, do you have the sound? Yes. All right. Cue it up and go. Yes, uh, as Sean said, not satisfied, want to get better, know we can be better, know that getting better will help us maybe advance to one of those last two games uh, instead of the divisional round. And that that includes the QB and that that includes the GM and and helping the QB and helping Sean and uh, the offensive staff. That includes, uh, you know, all of us and everyone playing. That was real cute, Les. I really appreciated that. That was real adorable. What the, I always say the uh, <laughs> well, let's LZ right. Talk, talk you're actually, wait, you're actually wait, 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 fundamental. Wait, 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 Les, Les, I, I, I do, I, to LZ's point, you, did you play quarterback at any point in your life, Les? No, I was certainly not good enough to play quarterback. Oh, 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 but you talk like one for sure, because quarterbacks <laughs> are the masters of saying a lot and saying a lot of nothing. And you gave us a lot of nothing there, Les. How do you feel about that one, Momo? <laughs> you guys were – did he get mad? I hope you guys – No, know he did not at all, he actually. He did not get mad at that, okay? Not you were a, just not like – because you just kind of called BS on him. Like, you were kind of like, yo, you're not giving me an answer. <laughs> because, here's the deal. And yeah. What he is saying isn't inaccurate. Yeah. We do need one of those beast number one receivers that you yep. have to game plan for. Mm-hmm. We for sure. do need to think about the offensive line because our best, you know, left tackle is, you know, my age. Yeah. Like, those are legitimate things he pointed out. But he also knew good and damn well we were talking about the quarterback. Right. <laughs> so yeah. That, that was the reason why I just said, come on, dog. Come on. Let's let not me, let me say, let me, let me, let me, uh, let me analyze this whole situation very simply, okay? He said what he said. Okay, right. he said what he said. He didn't take it back. He didn't try right. to explain too much. He said what he said. Yeah, he <laughs> That's did. it. Uh, right. Momo, uh, yep. today, obviously, we are celebrating Kobe's life, obviously, after, uh, you know, what transpired. You wrote a really cool piece about his relationship with Powell. Um, and we don't have a ton more time here. So I wanted to make sure that we have you on to discuss what you came on to talk about. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, what what was something that surprised you about that relationship in retrospect when you were kind of putting this thing together? Oh, it's, I mean, the truth is, like, I didn't know they were that close. I was right up next to him. You know, I covered him real closely those years. And I knew that Kobe was really hard on Powell. I mean, he questioned his manhood. He called him out publicly all the time. He called him, he called him the white swan, remember? Yeah. <laughs> like, and, you know, Matt Barnes has told, you know, he said – he did even more than that, right? Um, to the point where Matt had to go put his arm around him sometimes, just so he, you know, fits like in Derek Fisher would, right? Just do the same thing. So Powell wouldn't go into a shell after Kobe would call him out like that. So like, there was a part of me that was like, I, you know, I was right up next to this. I did not realize they were so close. Like, but I think their relationship grew during the years they were together. But I really think it grew after Powell left. 
And he said every time they were at in town or they were in the same city on the road they would meet up for dinner he's after kobe retired like he would go to Gigi's basketball games like he would you know he just they really got to be close with kobe off the court and i think it grew out of shared experience shared um you know just going through the battles together but also appreciating each other as humans because if you know both of them like pow is such a gentleman he's such a kind warm-hearted person then kobe actually is the same way but he has the black mamba alter ego and what i thought was really cool was pal was like you know i'd like to think that i had some influence on him showing that softer side like he he would he would flat out say to kobe like hey it's okay man you could show a little humanity you could be a little you could you don't have to have that edge all the time he's like you know i think in his later his later career kobe really started to drop the veil a little bit and that's why so many of us in the media, so many of his t- his teammates, his peers, especially towards the last few years in his career, he was really generous with his time and insights with them. Yeah, it's, it is fascinating that as much time Kobe has spent talking to me, being part of media, to mm-hmm. and this story, find out how many close we had we didn't know why yeah Um, i mean it's been really been a revelation i think starting with jordan yeah that's what i was gonna say like i mean i remember when mike got up there i was like whoa mike like i didn't and mike was crying you know and like we didn't and i thought it's gonna be general yeah me too general sort of yeah like jack's jack's tribute was kind of general you know i thought right i thought kobe like we all had this impression that you know when kobe tore his achilles i remember dwight howard and some some guy on the team, I can't remember who he went with, but it was like a, you know, a role player, bench player, right? They drove down there and like hung out with Kobe at, right after the surgery. And I was like, I don't know if any, I don't know if I know of any other Laker or teammate who's ever been to Kobe's house. Cause like Derek Fisher never went and they were like really close. I mean, we, we thought they were close, right? Like I, he, I mean, Kobe, what do you say that in interviews? I don't have time for friends. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm just, I'm not a good friend. I'm like, you know what? I, I don't necessarily, like, maybe in his early days, maybe when he had that, like, you know, seek and destroy Terminator quality to him, right? But in his, the last five, six years of his career, he really let people see him. And it's for as much as he let us see, he even had other relationships behind the scenes that we didn't see. And that's, that's been unbelievable to, to, to find out now. Momo, can you stick around in for three sure. more minutes to, yeah, just so we course. can get through this break? All right, let, yeah. let's have more with Momo on the other side. Uh, plus, we're going to play some really cool uh, Kobe moments. Um, we'll have the audio for them. A lot of John Ireland calls, obviously, as well here before we end the show. So stick around for that. But Momo's back in three minutes. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Sedato and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. One more segment. We're going to do crosstalk with Sliwa here. Playoff Sliwa's Lakers talk is coming up. In just a few moments, we'll talk to Alan here in a second. But as promised, LZ, we wanted to take a moment to, you know, we've been celebrating Kobe's life all day today, as we really do every day here on this show. 
to be frank with you. But we wanted to kind of have some of these special moments of audio. Um, we have three things here for you. We have Kobe describing the Mamba mentality that we have uh, for you. That's about 30 seconds. We've got a couple of minutes of his last game and John Ireland and Michael Thompson doing a phenomenal job calling the action. And then, of course, we'll leave you with his Mamba out speech, you know, to you, the fans, the people that supported him for 20 years here in Southern California in a Laker uniform. And I, I want to make sure that we all reminisce and remember what a great person and player this man was for this particular community. So let's start with the Mamba mentality and his description of it. Understanding that no matter what discipline you're in, it doesn't matter you, whether you're a writer or, or basketball player or uh, coder, um, there's a common denominator in how we approach our craft. The attention to detail, the level of commitment, right? Um, those things are the same across the board, right? So that is my message. Don't look at what I did, but look at how I did it, right? The how. And then you can really transfer that over into any profession in any discipline. That's Mamba mentality. I mean, LZ, it's funny. We talked about this so many times, but he's right. Like that, it is why I think he connected with an audience so much because you really can apply that to any walk of life. You absolutely can. And, you know, when I saw that again today, it just reminded me of my own crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, every editor I've ever worked with would tell you I, I obsess over every punctuation, every yep. word change. Yep. There is a rhythm that I write and I and I, I demand that, that it's edited to the same rhythm. And it's that same sort of like drive that Kobe was talking about that he brought to the basketball court. I bring to my craft, you bring to your craft, and yeah. anyone else who dares to be excellent brings to their craft. Absolutely. You, you, the details, all that stuff matter, and there is a method to the math, a ma the madness. There is a process for sure. Uh, and nothing was more evident than Kobe's last game, as you hear John <laughs> Ireland and Michael Thompson on the call, where he gave everyone one last look at the Mamba mentality, that process, and the results. Staples Center is as loud as it's been all year, obviously. And if you're just tuning in, where you been? Jazz 96, Lakers 95, Kobe Bryant has 56 points. Kobe looks dead tired. He's played 41 minutes. He says he's going to get up tomorrow and work out. Do you really believe he will? Not after this performance. <laughs> Jazz lead by one, one minute to go in the game. Kobe with 56 points on the final night of his career. Hayward has it. Left side, Shelvin Mack almost dropped it out of bounds. Mack, top of the key, Trey Lyles. Lyles back to Mack. Three-pointer by Shelvin Mack. No good. Rebound, D'Angelo Russell. Gives it to Kobe. Kobe has the ball. Lakers trail by one. Kobe dribbling left around a pick from Randall. Pulls up. Two-pointer. His teammates are all falling down like they're fainting over there. They can't believe what they're seeing. And Kobe has the ball again, dribbles right, and they foul him. So now he goes to the free throw line. If he makes these two free throws, Kobe has 60, and the Lakers lead by three. There are 14.8 seconds to go. 
14 point in. Listen to this building. 97-96 Lakers. First free throw by Kobe. Good. 59 points. Kobe's second free throw. Good. He has 60. The Lakers lead by three. Here we go. Utah needs a three to tie it. Hayward driving down the middle all the way to the rim. Lay it up. No good. Rebound grab. Kobe's got it. Length of the court pass to Clarkson. Clarkson at the rim. Slam dunk. Game in the refrigerator. And the Lakers are going to win on Kobe's last night. He's going to score 60. And I don't believe what I just saw. Unbelievable call by John and Michael there here on 710 ESPN LZ. And I miss the fans, right? Like, listen to that crowd. I mean, it is incredible to listen to that. And I thought they nailed it for sure. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, it's you almost could have, like, just gotten any person in Hollywood, Aaron Sorkin, you know, any great writer, Spike Lee, whoever, have them write the script, say, this is the movie I want to shoot, and the director will say, yeah, this isn't believable. Right. No, John said that. Yeah, nobody would believe it, for sure. No one uh, would believe it. And then, of, co- uh, then of course, LZ, you know, he punctuates the night by addressing – the adoring fans around the world that have been with him for 20 years. Here's uh, Kobe's last words on that court after playing. You know, it's uh, all I can do here is just thank you guys. Thank you guys for all the years of support. Thank you guys for all the motivation. Thank you for all the inspiration. And, uh, you know, what's funny... (laughs) The thing that had me cracking up all night long was the fact that I go through 20 years of everybody screaming to pass the ball, and on the last night, they're like, don't pass it. <laughs> this, has been, this has been absolutely beautiful, you guys. I can't believe it's come to an end. Um, you guys will always be in my heart, and uh, I sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. No words can describe how I feel about you guys. and. Uh, Thank you, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, I, God, I love you guys. And uh, I love you guys. And uh, my family, to my family, my wife, Vanessa, our daughters, Natalia and Gianna, you know, thank you guys for all your sacrifice. You know, for all the hours I spent in the gym working and training. And Vanessa, you holding down the family the way that you have. I, I, I can't, there's no way that I can thank you enough for that. So, yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And uh, what can I say? Mamba out. Awesome stuff. Just awesome stuff. We bring in Alan Sliwa now, LZ. Lakers talk is coming up next. Sliwa, you hear that compilation that we just played there. What goes through your mind right now? Uh, first of all, uh, great picks. I mean, all three of those just bring back so many different memories. And the the 60-point performance – you know, I, I remember watching that game, and I, there was a point where I'm like, man, is Kobe going to have 30 on his last night? What a great way to finish <laughs> off his career. I'm, yeah. I'm Honestly, LZ, it's like, then the game progressing, I'm like, no way he's going to get to 40, gets to 40. And then after that, it's like, I, I can't believe what I'm watching. You know, like it, this doesn't make any sense. And just whether you were even watching Kobe and his performance, or if you go back all the times that they, you know, replay this uh, this 60-point performance – just look at the crowd. I mean, just look at and, and that's, I think, in a sense, 
that kind of sums up what Kobe did for 20 years for Los Angeles. I mean, the entertainment that he provided, the memories that he provided to uh, all these individuals, not just here locally, because I know that there's Kobe fans across the world, but just looking at L.A. for a second, I mean, there are going to be people that um, have so many different memories that when they were 15 year, years old, 30 years old, I mean, he did it for 20 years. So, George, when you ask the question, it makes me kind of think back of all the different times that I remember Kobe Bryant doing something, and that memory could have been shared with a, a family member, a friend, or whatever the case is, and, and that's... That kind of sums up what Kobe did for 20 years and uh, just one of the, uh, the the greatest entertainers in the world and cared just as much about winning than any other fan out there. Yeah, it was so it's so crazy, man. You, you talk about that last game, and as you guys know, I live downtown, and I didn't want to go to the last game because, to be quite honest, Kobe had played so poorly that season Mm-hmm. that I didn't want to see him go out on a two-for-17 performance or something like that. Right. And I was at Volcano, which is right down <laughs> the, the, the way from Staples. And as it became apparent, you know, abundantly clear, that he wasn't going to shoot two-for-17 <laughs> and that he was about to ball out, I was like, ah, can I make it? Can I run down there? Can I get the staple set of Volcano? <laughs> oh, my sushi's not even here. Let me finish this little lychee martini real quick. Can I get there? And I was so mad at myself. That's the reason why I don't give a damn if LeBron James goes the entire final season without hitting a field goal. I will not make that same mm. mistake twice. I will be there yeah. for his last game and every other great player's last game because a great player will do things like that. And I underestimated him, and I regret that. It's almost too LZ. I, I, how many times, I don't know if you guys have some people that you know that have talked about, I had tickets to that Lakers-Toronto game uh, where he scored mm-hmm. 81, and I didn't go. You know, it, yeah. you, just, you just never knew. O'Shea Kobe. Jackson Jr. told us that story the <laughs> yeah, other day. He sure did. Yeah. Uh, Mark Cates, who you guys know, obviously, at the station, he always tells that story. He's like, I had tickets, and I never went. And I just kind of think about that. There are There are certain performers that – you just never know. And listen, this isn't you know the best example, but we're so accustomed to LeBron. Um, basically, it could be a triple-double any given night. But every mm-hmm. once in a while, he might go off for 46. Yep, That can happen any given night with some of these greats, and, uh, and that was the case with Kobe every single night. Yeah, no question about it, man. What do you got on the show coming up tonight? All right, we'll have, uh, we'll have Meta come on. Meta can uh, share some stories as well of uh, – you know, obviously his time, his playing career with Kobe and, and some of the different things that, uh, uh, you know, certainly he learned from one of the legends. And uh, Max Kellerman will join the show as well. Oh, look at that. Awesome. Max Kellerman, you can catch every Max. day at 11 o'clock here on the station as That's well on the show. That's right. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Uh, Sliwa, great stuff, man. Uh, thank you so much uh, for hanging out with us for a little bit. Have a great show. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right. LZ, excellent work as always. Great work. You too, brother. Uh, thank you, Curtis, for your help today. And, of course, Greg, thank you as well. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in, uh, calling in, uh, just being part of the uh, the community we have here. Thanks to Dave and Ramona and Les Need for stopping by earlier as well. Lakers Talk with Alan Slee was up next. Have a great night. See ya.